This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome back to the WOMED. Happy Monday. Welcome to the start of the week. I hope your coffee mug is fulled up to the top with some piping hot coffee. Or matcha. Or matcha. Ready, but ready for Monday. Yeah. Or sliced up ginger and lemon because that seems to be our go-to. Yes, yes. That is the go-to for the recordings. Well, also, I've actually been enjoying it a lot in the mornings on its own. Ginger is really good for your stomach to like wake you up in the in the day. Yeah, it's like it's one of those. Yeah, especially with the lemon too, though. Mm -hmm. Lemon ginger mix. It's a it's a good go to. Nice for you know very for allergies, good for immune system, mm -hmm. digestion. Yes, Mm hundred percent. But unlike you, Danielle, most of us in the healthcare workforce drink coffee. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how I made it through. I just I just don't like coffee. I don't like the flavor of it. I hate it. But even to mocha flavored ice cream, tiramisu, anything that has a coffee flavor, it's so bleh. It's just not my favorite. I don't enjoy it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't yeah. really enjoy coffee flavored anything besides coffee, like injected into my veins. It could probably taste like anything and I would still be obsessed. But <laughs> I do love me some coffee on a Monday morning. So happy Monday, WOMED fam. Welcome to this week's episode. We are... Talking about a little, it's a little bit heavier of an episode. Yes, but it's just Danielle and I today. It is, it is. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about some things that I know everyone has experienced in one form or the other, and that is lateral violence, pure what is it called? Civility, pure incivility, aka nursing drama, nursing drama. Yeah. That is the topic today. Yeah. We're diving right in. I'm so excited for this NDE segment. It's so important. It's not talked about enough. It's starting to get talked about a lot more. Yeah, definitely. I am really excited to share this NDE. It's it's my twin sister, Nicole, who I love sharing her story. And I hope that we can have her on the podcast soon so everyone can learn from her experiences as a nurse. But anyway, my twin sister, Nicole, just started working as a midwife. She was a neuro ICU nurse for a long time, basically had a come to Jesus moment, as I say, realized that she was just totally in the wrong field, pivoted and is now a practicing midwife. That's so wild. Isn't that cool? I always tell people in nursing, like, this is why nursing is phenomenal. You can be in one specialty and then realize that it's just not for you and completely switch it up. You can do anything. Exactly. So Nicole officially started working as a midwife. Um, She just graduated with her doctorate from University of Illinois, is practicing as a midwife um, at a community federally qualified health center and officially delivering babies. But I want to share her NDE that she told me about a few days ago. And it was just so cool. I'm so proud of her. So sorry, Nicole, um, putting you on the spot and we're sharing your story, whether you like it or not. But she told me this story about how she was seeing a patient in clinic that was struggling with postpartum depression and that she was able to recognize a few of those warning signs early on postpartum that a lot of providers tend to overlook 
and brush off because you just had a baby, you're sleep deprived, you're just tired and hormonal and everything is changing. And I think a lot of providers do tend to brush off postpartum depression because it's like those normal, not normal, but it's like, of course, you're going to be exhausted and irritable and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, feeling a little not yourself. But anyway, Nicole told me that she was able to recognize these postpartum depression signs, started to manage it. So got her on um, medication, was able to find her therapy, uh, the whole the whole thing. And this patient followed up a few months later and was in a really great place. That's so beautiful. I know. It's so important. I can I remember being in the NICU and there'd be moms that would be like, go, 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 like in at the bedside all the time. And then they would drop off. And then they started getting more and more tired. And then they were just so distant. And you could you could tell. Mm. You could just tell something was off and they needed a little extra support and I mean moms in the NICU though that's like a whole other level of stress yeah but you know we're not trying to (laughs) separate the two here but I didn't really think about that though because when I think about you being a NICU nurse I always think about you just taking care of the babies like I don't really think about the families when that's a huge misconception I'm sure Mm -hmm. because you're having these moms that not only have their babies really sick but they just delivered Mm mm-hmm Wow. Yeah. You're managing a lot in the NICU. Yeah. But I'm so grateful Nicole shared that story. That makes me feel so happy. Yes. And I hope it's just a little reminder here that if you're in a field in healthcare, especially if you're in nursing that isn't feeling totally aligned with what you feel is true to yourself or it doesn't feel aligned to where you see your future going, you have options. You mm-hmm. can change. You can go back to school. You can change your unit. You can change the setting that you're in. You can go from the hospital to the clinic. Um, so I hope that this story maybe inspires you if, if you're thinking about doing that. Yeah. You can make an impact anywhere that feels more authentic to you. Deep breath. This whoa no moment is giving me major medkini gate vibes but circa 2005 before this is (laughs) facebook really became a thing the og medkini situation so the episode of grace that we're referring to lizzie has whoa 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 who lizzie oh my god are you not are you not paying attention are you paying attention is there's it, a lot Izzy. of people. There's a lot of people. Yeah, but Jacqueline. Like, Izzy is not a Lizzie. Like, she's not a Lizzie. Izzy is an Izzy, 100%. She's like a Lizzie McGuire. No. Um, okay. I'm going to compose myself. You better be actually paying attention. I now. am paying attention. Okay. Circling back. Izzy. Izzy. <laughs> Isabel Stevens. Izzy. Okay. God, not Lizabel. Izzy. 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 Was a model. Is mm-hmm. a model mm-hmm. on the show. And the biggest douchebag, Alex, Ugh. prints out all of her paper, all of her like scantily clad modeling photos, puts them all over the locker room in a severe form of sexual abuse. Yeah, this is harassment. And harassment. This like, is sexual harassment 101. Yes. And Izzy just gets in there and like takes all of that power back and is like, yeah. Well, you know what, motherfucker? 
you're sitting on 200,000K of student loans, and you know what? I don't have any. Boom. Yes. Mic drop. I think that this is probably one of my, like, favorite scenes in Grey's ever. Like when she's like, she's unbuttoning her shirt and she's like, oh my God, breasts. What are these? Let's, do you remember your anatomy? How do we work with these around? She just like, but she's like angry. Yes. I know. Great acting. It was a beautiful episode. Yes. And it's like a, whoa, no Alex situation. Like, whoa, no Alex. And you can see it all over his face. He's like, oh God, I fucked up. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah. He fucked up big time and she made him pay. She made him look like the biggest D-bag in the entire world. Which isn't hard to do. But honestly, I need to know if that's ever happened to anybody in in like a hospital setting. Because I just, it's it's almost unfathomable. But then you go, bring in Medkini Gate. True. True. Yeah. And I mean, the glaring double standard. It does. It just brings into this whole conversation about healthcare workers needing to keep this professional persona. And Mm -hmm. also, but like, where is that line? Does that mean we cannot have lives outside of our careers? Like, that's not Mm -hmm. fair. Everyone else with a job can have a life outside of their career. They can go on vacation and drink a margarita in a swimsuit. Yeah. So it brings into uh, a lot that has uh, kind of come up in the last few years, for sure. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure things like this have happened before. These themes keep recirculating. Yes, they you do. just got to keep fighting them. Yes, they do. Izzy was the uh, original badass putting Alex in her place there, though. That was a good episode. Yeah. Quality. I rate that a 10. 10 out of 10 for Izzy, really. Mm-hmm. Not Lizzie. 10 Izzy. out of 10 for Izzy. Izzy. How are we feeling overall about Grey's? Uh, I mean, okay. I like the acting. It's done very well. I'm hooked into it. Yeah. I still, however, have a list of things that I'm not that crazy about. Okay. Well, but, that's fine. That's why we have Won't Know. Yeah. But it's, it's I'm hooked. It's fine. I'm hooked. I'm you hooked. heard it here. Danielle is hooked. Today's going to be a doozy of an episode. Yes. Yes, it is. Something that, unfortunately, if you've worked in healthcare, and especially if you've worked as a nurse, you've probably experienced this. Yeah. We're going to talk about some workplace bullying. Workplace bullying. It sucks. Workplace drama. It workplace. sucks. Nah. Bullying. Yeah. It's that dirty look after you give report, those um, demeaning comments, gossip in the break room. Walking in, feeling like everyone's talking about you. Eye rolls, um, you know, even like unfair assignments, I feel like is a form of bullying, getting some like ridiculous unfair assignment. Yeah. Well, okay. So as a charge nurse, I will say that sometimes assignments just suck. For sure. But if if I know someone's getting a sucky assignment, I will like hand deliver them. Yes, but you're not every charge nurse, Danielle. And I do think that some charge nurses do this on purpose. I think you're right. Clicks, shaming, blaming, rude, sarcastic comments, all of the things is what we're talking about today. Workplace bullying. So let's just jump right in. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I kind of wanted to start with some pretty uh, 
disturbing statistics here because, like we just said, this like workplace bullying, aggression, um, there's some other terms that like the literature will say, like calling it um, lateral violence or peer incivility. But these are this bullying. I like peer incivility. Yeah, peer incivility, right? It's like, um, I mean, and this happened, like workplace bullying is not just common to healthcare. It happens in all fields, but nursing especially has this like long rooted deep history. It really does. And I'm going to defer to you on more of the history of it because I haven't studied it so much. I mean, they brought it up. I remember them bringing it up in nursing school. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like ever formally brought up in nursing school for me, but I know as like a clinical instructor now, my nursing students now, they are very familiar with the term nurses eat their young. Yes, that that phrase has been around forever. When and when I guess when I think of that phrase too, this wolf almost just appears. Yeah, it's which just is like, weird too because yeah. it's like a pack mentality. Sometimes Ugh, it's, it's just gross. Yeah, and it just, it's not comfy. So let's like let's break this down a little bit. So I found a few studies. Some of them showing up to ninety three percent of nurses have reported either witnessing lateral violence, this workplace bullying, or experiencing it themselves. Um, Among that, 90%, so almost a vast, vast, vast majority, almost all of them had difficulty confronting the perpetrator or the bully. 40% of nurses reported a definite intent to leave their current position or were considering... I can relate to that one. Yeah. I, I think if you've experienced this, like that does not sound dramatic at all. And then for our nursing students, over a six-month period, another study showed that 88% of nursing students experienced bullying in their clinical settings. I'm really glad you brought that one up because, yes, nurses eat their young, but people forget how traumatizing being a nursing student can be and how scary your first clinical days are. Like, you don't know anything. You're still learning. You're trying to get your feet wet. And I know a lot of people had some really scarring and traumatic experiences as nursing students. For sure. I remember being a nursing student and you just like literally want to be invisible. Like you're like, I hope no one sees me. Like, can I just get through this day without upsetting anyone or like fucking up majorly? It's like it's a very scary and very real thing. But you I know you've had like real experiences with bullying. Yes. and. Before I get into that, I just want to say, so working in the NICU, when I worked in the NICU, I, nurses develop their particular ways of how they like things done. Some people don't like teaching. I was never someone that really enjoyed having an orientee or precepting. I didn't hate it. Like once I got into it, I liked the teaching aspect, but that initial oh, my day is going to be thrown off now. It's going to be weird. Like I have to do this and this. I think it's really important. And I would have to remind myself to check that because I didn't want my orientee to see that. And if they did, I really made a point to apologize to them and and was just like, listen, I'm so sorry. It's, this is me. It is not on you. It is a new environment. And we're just, we're going to work through this together. It's amazing that you did that and that you can at least notice that and be aware of it and talk to your orientee or your student about that because that is a pretty 
universal thing, I've got to say, especially as um, working as a clinical instructor, I'm kind of on that other end where I'm having to tell nurses, hey, like this is your student today. And I get that. Oh, that look. And they're mm-hmm. like, why would you do this to me? And I'm like, I don't have a choice. You know, we've all been in that situation where you're that nursing student. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have to get in the way. You know that nurse is busy, but at the same time, they have to learn too. Yeah. And when you're thinking about that, like you, you have a great patient to learn on. Right. Exactly. And so I think like maybe just a little piece of advice to other nurses out there when you do have a student look at it like yeah you're the you might be the baddest bitch on the block and you have the toughest assignments and that's the best thing for students to learn off of so yeah almost it's a it's a compliment oh it's absolutely a compliment i tell the nurses that i assign students all the time i am giving you students because i want them to learn from you Yeah. Obviously, we know nurses all have very different styles of doing Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And I always make a point to notice what nurses I think are really exceptional because I want my students learning from them. Yeah. I don't want my students learning from a nurse that's, you know, I don't know, like cutting corners or sassy or, you know, isn't compassionate with their patients. So if you're getting students, take it as a compliment. I think that's a really good point to make as well. But does that surprise you, Danielle, like hearing these statistics? Like we're talking over 90% of nurses have experienced. No, truly it doesn't. And I I never fully experienced it until I started working in Nashville. Okay. I think everyone has worked with that charge nurse. Oh, yeah. That you're scared of, that you're intimidated by. Yeah. That has that mean-ass skull on her face. I'm like picturing all of these charge nurses in my head right now. Probably yes. has the Karen haircut. Yes, this is the this is Karen. Yeah. This is a charge nurse Karen. Yeah. Sorry, no offense to anyone else out there named Karen. I, you did not choose your name. That's okay. actually kind of surprising though. Like I'm surprised it didn't happen to you sooner, to be honest. Yeah. So this is like four and a half, five years into my nursing career. Okay. Already came from working at a... I guess technically it was a level three NICU. We just didn't do ECMO, but we did everything but. But coming to the hospital I worked at in Nashville, it was a level four. We did everything, ECMO, bedside surgeries, you name it. We didn't, uh, the only thing that we transferred out were uh, cardiac babies that were going to have surgery that we weren't going to get back. Oh, you're such a badass. That is so freaking cool. Um, So give us the tea. Well... This charge nurse had been known to grab people away from the bedside if they weren't doing things the way she thought they should be doing. And I I mean physically grab them away. And this nurse was my charge for the for the shift. I was getting a new admit and I was going through you know, my list of things that I wanted to get ready. I had pharmacy already making up my umbilical lines for my UAC and my UVC and had all of my, yeah, I was a cardiac patient. So I had my NIRS monitors. I had everything ready for 
for this patient. And this charge nurse comes in and she goes, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? And like starts like questioning you or like interrogating me, I'd say more. Have you like worked with this charge nurse a lot before? Yeah, I she terrified me. It just always stayed out of her way. And she wasn't on the unit that she liked to be on either. She also just doesn't like to do a lot of work, but she is very good and smart as well. Okay. So putting that out there. So you're getting this admission ready. I'm getting this admission ready. Not your first time, by the way. It's like no. you've been a nurse for a while at this point. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like you're Five new. Years. Oh, yeah. In the NICU. And um, I wasn't necessarily new to the hospital either. I was probably about oh, six to eight months. No, more than that. It was almost, it was a little over a year. A little over a year I'd been working at this hospital. Okay. And She's interrogating me on what I have done. And, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to be nice. I'm like, you know, I was like, yep, I got it. I got pharmacy doing that. And, you know, it's not my first radio. I got it. You know, just my chipper, happy-go-lucky self. Well, this nurse goes, oh, okay. Walks out of the room. I'm like, okay, well, now I get to set my lines up like I want it. Thanks. <laughs> Skedaddle, lady. But I was walking past her to grab some more supplies and she grabs my arm she like she grabbed physically. she physically grabbed my arm oh my god i'd freaking slap this bitch and pulled me into one of our equipment rooms oh my god there are no windows in here and she looks at me and she goes do you think you know everything Ew. do you think that was an appropriate thing to say to me it's not my first radio do you not think you work on a team here Oh, my God. And starts berating me. I was shaking. Are you kidding? I, like, physically shaking. Ew. I can't believe she put your hands on you. I, like, literally can't get that out of my mind. And finally lets me out of this room. My admission comes. Did you cry? I, like, totally would have cried. I think I was in shock. Yeah. Okay. I was in shock. My admission comes. And... Normally, you have charge, backup charge. You mm-hmm. have the residents, like everybody's in there working, getting vitals done, charting. You know, everyone works as a team. Well, this charge nurse stood in the door with her arms crossed, glaring at me. Yeah. Whoa. Waiting for me to fail. Yeah. Waiting for me to ask for something. When I had never, I never said anything about being a know-it-all. I've never, like, asked anyone I've ever worked with. No one would ever, ever say that about me. Glares at me. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, she's not going to help me with anything. So got this patient settled, finishing out my shift. And I'm walking out. And she's walking, like, leaving in front of me with another nurse that um, I really like working with. I've always had really great interactions with. And this nurse turns back and goes, glares at me, turns to the nurse she's walking out with and goes, oh, do I have a story for you? Oh, my God. So friggin' petty. And I knew. I knew she was she was going to spin something about how she had grabbed me in the hallway and tore me a new one 
and tried to spread that I was some know-it-all that couldn't work well with others and didn't know what I was talking about and, you know, basically just talk shit about me. And my next shift was awful. I don't know if anyone's experienced that where they walk into a room and you know people have been talking about you. That's the worst feeling. It's gut-wrenching. And this went on for, I'd say, probably about two weeks. Ew. Oh, my God. And I was like, I just had, like, it was, it was like people didn't want to talk to me. People, I mean, like, some people would, and it was fine. But it just felt like, and A, let me remind people, <laughs> I'm about... A year out of my fiance having died, uh, which yeah. everyone in the unit knew. And this woman is, <sighs> you know, being like this to me. So a couple weeks later, I am taking care of one of my patients and one of our managers comes in mm -hmm. and she says, hey, um, I need to talk about that incident that happened between you and I'm going to leave her name out. Yeah. Um, and I was like, nurse Karen, nurse, <laughs> charge nurse Karen. <laughs> well, I have worked with a nurse Karen that was phenomenal. Okay. Not, not the real Karen. Yeah. Hypothetical nurse. Hypothetical Karen. And I was like, oh my God, I'm getting fired. Like, oh my God, they hate me. Like, oh my God, I'm getting fired with literally what was going through my brain. And she's like, do you have a second? Can we sit down? And I finished up my feeding and have my baby all tucked in or my patient since they my baby. Um, and I sit down and I'm like, shaking. Oh God. And she goes, I wanted to let you know that we heard about the situation and one of your coworkers reported her. Get out. For bullying you and talking behind your back and saying these things. So I'm coming to you because I want to hear from you what happened in this incident. This is not the first time something has been brought up against this nurse. And I started crying. Oh, my God. Was, You're probably so relieved. I was so relieved, um, but also terrified because I'm like, oh, no, now this bitch is going to really come at me. Oh, yeah. Because she's going to think that I, like, turned who, like, her in. Do you, do you know who reported this? Still? I have no idea. You still don't know? I still don't Which, know. Which, like, is such a – like, ugh, things, like, rarely end that way, I feel yeah. like. Like, where someone actually sticks up for you mm -hmm. and reports it. That's, like, kind of rare. I have some ideas, but no, I don't know who. If they didn't – if that wouldn't have happened, like, do you think you would have ever reported it yourself? Or, like, no. how you I was just, terrified of yeah, her. Yeah. I mean, terrified. I get that. She's a senior nurse on the unit that, I mean, everyone was scared of. Yeah, clearly, if she was able to kind of like turn the whole unit on you, basically. And I don't want to say like the whole unit. I mean, like this is a massive unit. There's like 300 some odd nurses. But it definitely, ugh, it was just that feeling like, you know, people are talking. Yeah. And it's like, I wish I could say that I was surprised by this story. But I know so many people that have had similar experiences to this. This nurse has physically, I said it before, but physically moved people away from the bedside if they weren't doing well, something yeah, the way she wanted them to do them. 40% of nurses have reported intent to leave because of shit like this. And like, not only is it just shitty for you as uh, in your place of work, 
it's not professional. It's not respectful, but it's also dangerous for the patient. Like you said, she, after this little altercation, like she just kind of stood there and watched you do the rest of the admission stuff by yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like, how is that fair to this sick baby? Right. You're not teaching me a lesson. You are providing horrible care. (laughs) Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. I provided great care. Yeah. It's not only just shitty of you as a human, it's dangerous to patients. So mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Good for you for not slapping that bitch when she put I you into terrified. that room. I Terrified. I wish I could say I would have done that, but like I, I most likely would have gone to the bathroom and cried. That's what I would have done. So yeah. <sighs> so shitty. And it's like, it's shitty that like so many, so many nurses can relate to that because mm-hmm. If you haven't experienced something like that, then I would think that you're, I'm like, you just haven't been working long enough, to be honest. (laughs) Or you're just really lucky that you haven't experienced it. Because even if you're the the most peaceful, nice nurse in the world, people are going to have something to say. It's just that environment. And it's, it's a predominantly, we all know the nursing field is still predominantly female yeah and females need community and sometimes people band together in ways that are clicky have sort of a hierarchy yeah exclude others and i know i've been you know i've been grouped in with the popular girls on the unit before Mm -hmm. too and i never felt comfortable partaking in that like sort of gossip yeah i think for me i was like always so i'm like so such a people pleaser and i was so nervous to ever get caught in a situation like this because Mm -hmm. i had seen a lot of nurses have drama and have issues with more senior nurses and it never ends well it's Mm -hmm. it's always just it's blown out of proportion it's this huge thing so I always try to really stay out of that but even if you try to stay out of that uh, for me a lot of the like little aggressions that would happen were during report like I Mm -hmm. I had so Mm -hmm. many times after giving report that some nurse would just like say the bitchiest thing to me or you know oh well why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? Or how come this isn't done? And even if I would say, oh, I'll stay late and I'll do this. It's like, then there's this like stigma that you're lazy or that you're incompetent or, or why didn't you have everything uh, done when we've all had those shifts where you're like, Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I know this isn't done yet, but I wasn't able to get to it. Yeah. And it's just, (sighs) I've also been that nurse though, too. That's like, were you saying something? yeah well sometimes you have to sometimes you have to and there's a a way to do it there's a way to do it and it's hard you know with I guess I'm real I'm not trying to make excuses I know that I I've I've not been a perfect nurse no one's been a perfect nurse Mm -hmm. in my unit my most recent unit we had really high turnover Mm -hmm. and we were a unit that accepted new grads that didn't have a lot of experience, but we were so desperate for bodies that the training, like baby nurses were training new nurses. And 
that's a really difficult situation for a new grad to be in Mm -hmm. and a new nurse, which I'm going to say still at two years, like a year and a half, two years, you still feel like a new nurse. There's still a lot to learn. For sure. And I think it's important to try and guide in report, but sometimes you do have to say things. Yeah. And I agree. Like there, that's a, there's a way to do it respectfully and coming from a place of using it as a a teaching moment and a learning, but, but you're right. Like when the stakes are high and patients are really sick, like, yes, sometimes you have to be firm and Mm -hmm. to the point and put people in their place because sometimes in these scenarios, it's like a matter of life and death, whether or not you got something done. So I understand where you're coming from, but there are, you know, there are those nurses that just use like any excuse, like, Oh, how come you didn't write that the patient was, um, a more score of 35 on the board. It's like, fuck you. Like seriously. What were the app guards (laughs) on a baby that's been in your unit for six months? And it's just like (laughs) you work your ass off for 12 hours and to just have someone come in and just like deflate it. Yeah. It's just a shitty feeling, you know? So that's happened to me a lot. And then the one that happened more recently in my teaching role was with my students and I'm always I'm really open with my students I tell I I just warn them I'm like these things are probably going to happen to you if they happen let me know because I will help you manage this because Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone getting bullied and obviously during COVID you know teaching during COVID working during COVID sucked for everyone nurses were even more resistant to having students you know, and I understand, you know, I can't imagine you're already exhausted. This has been, yeah, you're exhausted. You're overworked. Um, you know, the nurses at the bedside are the last thing that they want to do is work with a nursing student. Sorry. Like they're just exhausted. The last thing they want to do. And like, it's a COVID thing too, of almost, you know, at a certain point before the vaccine, it was like, I don't want to expose myself and have this 18 year old follow me around all day. I don't know what they're doing outside of the hospital. Okay, let's be honest. An 18 year old's not a nursing student. Okay, at least 20. They're, they're like 21. Sorry, 21. Right, whatever. So, <laughs> 20 probably. The one I had an incident where my students were um, like in the break room trying to get their lunches and go downstairs to go eat the lunch, their lunches. And one of the nurses like barged in, like opened up the refrigerator door, grabbed her lunch, slammed the refrigerator door shut slammed her lunch on the table, making this like huge scene and was like, why are there so many nursing students in here? Get them out of here. Like there's only a lot. And like, they all like it turned <laughs> white as a ghost. Um, and I was in there and it was super awkward. And so I had to pull this nurse aside and, you know, kind of talk to her and calm her down. But, you know, again, like the stakes were really high during that time. I understand yeah. like the stress, but at the same that's time, not, that's not okay. Yeah. It's just not professional. So we kind of had to have a chat about that and a little debrief. I think my nursing students were scarred, but you know, and I hope it doesn't sound like we're just sitting here complaining because mm-hmm. this is a real issue in nursing. And I have done a little bit of digging and tried to understand like why. I'd be really curious to know the why. Yeah. And there's not one answer. You know, I think a big thing is that this is a multifactorial thing. For example, like one part of it is nursing's a field where it's multi-generational. We're mm-hmm. dealing with four different generations potentially of nurses all working and trying to complete the same job. Mm-hmm. When, you know, not to generalize, but 
all generations have different ways of learning. They have different um, pros and cons and ways that they like to work and things that they value. So that's one thing. But one of the biggest reasons that the this term like lateral violence has come up and lateral is in the sense of like lateral, not a hierarchy of up and down, but mm-hmm. think about a lateral of like you and I peer to peer, right? Sitting next to each other, peer to peer, right? So theorists like since the 70s have kind of had this theory that members of oppressed groups, so nurses in a way are oppressed because medicine is a hierarchy. So nurses are in this position where they often feel powerless, inferior, devalued in a culture where the power resides in the more dominant group, which is like the providers, which are the physicians. So unable to take the frustrations out on providers. And then also nurses are obviously unable to take out their frustrations on patients. Mm -hmm. We're kind of stuck in the middle. We can't necessarily bark at a provider. We can't bark at our patients. I've done it. So who do we bark at? Each other. Yeah. It's like the only outlet that we have. And so I think it like when you kind of take a step back and you understand that we work in a profession where the stakes are really high, where we experience an incredible amount of physical, emotional, mentally exhaustive working conditions on top of the nursing shortage and a freaking pandemic and bad ratios, you know, all this shit. It's like we kind of have to take these frustrations out in a way. And it's not right, but I think it helps to understand maybe why this is happening. We can't take our frustrations out to the provider because we feel powerless in this hierarchy But we also can't take our frustrations out on patients because that's unprofessional and we just Mm -hmm. can't do that. So Mm -hmm. that's why we see this like lateral bullshit. That's really fascinating. I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I heard that I was like light bulb. I was like, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Bing. Yeah. It doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't. But it begs the question if nurses were paid adequately, staffed adequately, would the workplace environment improve to a point where you don't see quite so much peer-to-peer violence? I I mean, I would think so. Yeah. It's unfortunate that I wish that there was this, um, this like understanding that we could all understand this together and just Mm -hmm. say, Hey, like we are all dealing with this shit and taking it out on each other isn't going to do anything good for us individually. Mm-hmm. And it sure as hell isn't going to do anything good for our profession. No. Or for the patient. Right. Right. And of course, we have to think about taking care of our patients and uh, like, you know, satisfaction scores, all things like that. But at the end of the day, this kind of behavior has serious effects on people depression, anxiety, fear of going into work. I can't tell you after like one of those situations that you and I have both experienced that fear of going into work the next day. You're like, please, God, no. Like, please, do I, please do not make me go into work today. Or please may they be off today. Please may they not line up on my schedule. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even when I got up to being charged and I was in the charge role, if I saw she was going to be 
charge that night too, which was the only role that she did at that point. Um, God forbid you put her in a bedside position with an assignment. Um, (laughs) hell would be. God damn it. Nurse Karen. Charge nurse Karen. I just, even, even once we finally, like I finally proved myself to her, I guess I still pissed her off plenty, but I, I just didn't want to be around her. She was awful to be around. Yeah. She was mean. Yeah, even like having to give report to her energy like, is just you get so dark. nervous. Yeah. But I mean, and it makes you wonder. It's like, you know, everyone has so many other things going on in their life that they're bringing to work. Yeah. Um. Again, not that it's OK. But like, what is this woman like at home? Yeah, I know. So this again, like this is just a huge issue that is just across the board in nursing. It it is very prevalent in the U.S. It's prevalent worldwide. I'm sure that every nurse that is listening to this or if you're a nursing student, you've probably also experienced this already. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, It sucks. It's great that in your like that really shitty situation that you experienced, you had someone stand up for you because mm -hmm. that's super rare. It is. It really is. Like to the person that's listening what are some things that they can do to try to make these situations better? I was actually going to ask you that same question. (laughs) Looking back in my situation, I wish I would have gone to management sooner Mm, and mm -hmm. stuck up for myself. Yeah. Because in my head, I was, yes, I was new to that unit. I didn't want, I wanted to distinguish myself from the new grads, right? Right. You know, you have to prove yourself. That's a whole other thing. You have to prove yourself so that people, you know, feel comfortable working with you, mm-hmm. that they know that you've got their back. Right. Which is really, it's, it's a really important dynamic in the hospital, especially working in ICU in critical care settings. You want to know your teammates are capable. You want to know that they're going to be there, that you've got that support. Right. In my brain, me being like, yeah, no, it's not my first rodeo. Like I've done this before. Mm -hmm. Like I feel, I feel confident, you know, which is not a bad thing. No, not at all. That is not a bad thing. Now there are plenty of nurses too, that are overly confident, that are very maybe book smart, um, and there's there's just different uh, nursing is so it's so tricky in that you have to you can't just be one thing. Um, truly good nurses, capable, competent nurses can extend that care and compassion and connectedness for sure. Um, yeah, it's an art. It's, it's an art. It, being it, it able really to balance this confidence of I've got this, I'm mm-hmm. competent with the knowing when to ask questions. Exactly. It's, it's, it's so hard. It's something you can't teach. Right. Right. So I wasn't, and I, you know, you can ask anybody, I wasn't portraying, no, I don't need any help. Like, blah, barf. Like, I yeah. could never say something like that. But I was trying to show that, yes, I am capable, right? which is not a bad thing, but I wish I would have gone to management sooner. I was getting close just because the atmosphere felt so, I felt like, I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody. Yeah. And I was already in a weird space. I was still healing. I was still grieving. 
I mean, yes, there was 300 nurses on that unit, but I know they all knew. Like, everyone gossips. There ain't no way that you're getting a new nurse and then suddenly they're not coming anymore because their fiancé died. For sure. Ugh, I can't even imagine. And then they show up a couple months later. But that doesn't get... It's just ridiculous. Talked about. It just, it just happens. Not saying that's an excuse, though. No, absolutely like, not. No, of course but, not. It's just or need for special treatment. But it, I think, added to my feelings of lack of self worth mm-hmm. and strength in being able to stand up for myself in that moment because I tried to, yeah, and I was grabbed and smacked down with a. Big heavy mallet. <laughs> and physically actually grabbed by someone. Yes. That's sad because you never really, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but it's like you don't know what's going on in people's lives. And it's sad that they actually no. did know what was going on in your life. And then they still thought that this was okay to behave in this yeah. way. So, yeah. So, like going to management earlier, I think an important thing to stress about that is going to management or going to HR doesn't necessarily mean that you have to take action with it. It's more, I think it's important for people to know that you can take these things to HR, keeping it anonymous, and just to keep a record of it. Mm -hmm. So you can tell them that you don't want to take action with it right now. But if something else happens in the future, it's documented. It's documented. And they can go back and see the different times that you did report it. So Or other people have reported it. You don't know, right? Maybe... Another nurse on your unit, Nurse Brian, just had to cry in the bathroom the other day because nurse charge nurse Karen was a bitch to him. So, you know, I, it is important to bring these things to to management. But I think like taking a step before that, like it, it's it's so hard. And I I shouldn't be one to talk because I totally clam up in situations like this. But mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little bit better at confronting the the bully or confronting the person that puts you in these situations like how can we confront it in the moment so like for you after you know not right away like not right after that charge nurse karen threw you into the room and talked to you and grabbed your arm but like that shift or the next day like how can you how can you kind of have these conversations before you go to HR? If you maybe you don't feel comfortable going to HR, maybe you're scared mm-hmm. to do that. You know, there's certain things that you can say, you know, once you calm your thoughts, get yourself mentally in a place where you feel like you can have this conversation. I think a good script to kind of go through is like, hey, so and so. I've noticed you're feeling, you know, you're looking a little bit more impatient or you were frustrated with me earlier. Are you doing okay? Put it back on them. Are you doing okay? And then just let them see how that flies by. Shh, I would have been bitched out. So let her bitch out. And then I think like something that just always puts people on their toes is when you just say it straight up front. I just have to let you know that I don't accept being touched physically and being spoken to like that. And I really want to establish a constructive environment here. And I want to be respected at work. Like, what do you think she would have said if you would have said that? She would have gone and bitched about me yeah, more probably. to her friends. Yeah, more behind your back. And yeah. I agree. And I think that that is like a very real thing that people say, well, I'm not going to say anything because it's just going to make things worse. Well, but I do think you're right. And I think 
I think more people needed to stand up to this person. I agree. Which is not easy to do, but I I think you're completely right. Yeah. I think another like good little tool thing that you can have in your back pocket is the ANA, so the American Nurses Association, they actually have like written articles and policies about this. With like, really, yeah, there's like a z- you can go on their website and download the form. There's a zero tolerance policy for nurse bullying. So if you don't even feel like you can trust your manager or trust a charge nurse, you go to that damn ANA website. You print out this document and you bring it to them and say there is a zero tolerance policy from the ANA for nurse bullying because this is such a prevalent problem and I need you to address it and take it seriously. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Please don't drop this mic. No, but if I mean, I feel like that would kind of be like a last resort. But if you are at that point, just know that that resource is available to you. Mm -hmm. And I don't I mean, naturally, this 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 conversation is going to go to a place where if this is not stopping and this is continuing in your place of work, I think you need to really determine if this is where you should be. Which sucks because in actuality, because this nurse is still working there. Oh, yeah. And I I can guarantee you other nurses are experiencing what you've experienced. Yes. And this nurse has had multiple things and issues brought up against her but she still is working there i can say the workplace environment probably would have felt a lot better had she been removed yeah (laughs) which sucked like i'm not saying like people should lose their jobs well but she also should i mean if that's the case then there needs to be more trainings and conferences forums like something done or class or mandated classes that these people have to do yeah like it almost should be a unit-wide like training situation that needs to happen because it has such a trickle-down effect if you are bullied as a new nurse as or in your work for workplace that stuff stays with you and comes out in other forms and it might come out with your next uh, orientee. Yeah. It might come out against the next nurse that you are in charge of. You know, it it ha- it's generational and it sticks with you. And we have to figure out a way to make that change in nursing now, which is why I'm glad we're talking about this. So that we can be more aware of how we're speaking to each other. Mm-hmm. We've just got to fix it because it's not fair. I know I've I've not been the perfect nurse. I know I've said things. I've apologized for things. And that's what really needs to change. We need some accountability and yeah. some change. It's like yeah. lateral violence and this bullying is like it's not a rite of passage. No, it shouldn't well, be. And, and not, doctors face no. this too. Yeah. Completely. Actually, the 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 hierarchy of like the hierarchy and in residents. And, yeah, I've seen uh, some medical students get chewed to freaking pieces, and some yeah. residents just like honestly shamed in front of their resident groups. So Told to shut up, stay in their totally lanes. Totally prevalent in other aspects in or healthcare. That they get fired, right? But this mm-hmm. like this bullying is not constructive for anyone. It's not a rite of passage. It's not normal, and, and it's, it's not stop. constructive for no. positive patient care and patient outcomes. No. Absolutely. That's what that's that's at the heart of this. 
So at the end of this, I guess it's like you kind of have to, there's a few things you can do. You can confront mm-hmm. the person. You can talk to a manager. You can move up the chain and go to HR. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, if you have it in you to try to make some changes on your unit yourself and come up with some trainings and head over to the ANA website and see what kind of resources you have available to maybe start a unit-based training or have these conversations with the charge nurses or with the units or Maybe there's a way that your unit can start taking um, anonymous, like not an anonymous tip line, but it's like you fill out some sort of anonymous paper and, you know, these things are handed in every week. I don't know. I don't know what this looks like, but I just hope that nurses know that, like, they are so not alone in these situations. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're new. Yes. And it sucks because this conversation is coming at a time where this nurse bullying, unfortunately, is probably going to get at its worst. We're making our way through a pandemic. So many nurses have left the bedside. It's going to leave a huge gap in the bodies that we have to take care for people. More people are going to be overworked and exhausted. New nurses are going to be put into roles that they're not maybe comfortable in. This might get a little bit worse before it gets better. So I hope that we can people can listen to this episode and and take some notes and use the resources here because it, it's going to get a little rough out there. I know that Jack and I are here for you. Yeah. Ugh. We've experienced it. We've been there. I know. I wish if I could go back and do it, I would have, I would have gone to my management and then I will, the person that I am now, as opposed to that person eight years ago, would have been like, hey, listen, I really, the way that you treated me felt awful. You grabbed me. It, that was not appropriate. And I spoke to management about it. And I wanted you to hear that from me. Completely. I actually, I think if you were to ask most nurses that have gone through like a pretty serious bullying situation, I think majority of them would say, if I could do things differently, I wish I would have gone to management sooner. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is your sign. Yeah. If you're having some shit go on at work right now, maybe this is your sign that you need to go talk to your manager or go talk Mm -hmm. to HR. And a lot of people will say that too. They'll be like, I don't feel comfortable talking to my manager. Well, that's why HR is there. That is literally the purpose of HR. Yeah. So go. (laughs) Do it because you, you don't deserve to work in fear. You deserve to work in a space that you feel safe and supported. And if no one else will tell you that, I'm telling you it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys for tuning into this episode. I I hope it resonated with you. I hope it made you feel a little less alone if you've experienced some workplace bullying. And I hope it left you with some some tangible things if you are experiencing bullying, something that you can do. Mm-hmm. And so one more time, I just wanted to remind everyone about the American Nurses Association, the ANA. Go on their website. They have a code of ethics for nurses. Just search bar code of ethics for nurses. They have a zero tolerance policy for lateral violence and workplace incivility. So make sure you check that out if you need it as a resource. They also have a few modules on there um, that will kind of work you through 
steps on how to take action. And also know that we're here for you too. Absolutely. We're here for you, especially if you are having some bullying at work and you might need some D and Jack love, then head on over to the website, fill out a Nurse D Energy. We'd love to send some positive vibes your way. Yep. And a little pep talk if you need it. Jack and I are here for you 1,000%. Speaking of 1,000, if... 1,000. If you are, we are so close to having 1,000 reviews on our Apple Podcast platform. Granted, you can listen to us anywhere, but if you are the lucky person who leaves us the 1,000th review and, you know, please make it at least four stars. I mean, it can be five, um, but don't leave us any bad. I mean, if you, if you, we can take some constructive criticism, that's fine. Um, but if you are the person that leaves the 1,000th, I can't Blech. say it, review, you know what I'm saying. We have a really awesome WOMED swag bag that we are going to send you. Swag bag coming your way. Who knows what could be in it? <sighs> could be a journal. So many things. Could be stickers. It's going to be a lot of things. Like could it's be a be, sweatsuit. It's going to be pretty I don't freaking know. awesome, this swag But bag. you're going to want it. Yeah. So leave us those reviews. Follow along with us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow along on the WOMED on Instagram. That's just at the WOMED. Our website, it's awesome. It's womedpodcast.com. And you know what? I think we've talked enough. Yes. On that note, we are going to take it out. See you next Monday. Womed out. Out.